Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career and life coach, as well as a Forbes columnist and the founder of Cake Publishing Ghost Writing House. I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we wake up and realize our life has been going on autopilot and it's time to make a U-Turn. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, whether it's best-selling authors, CEOs, coaches, professors, you name it, they're all here to help you grow and upgrade your life, whether it's in work, whether it's in love or your mindset. So make sure you stay tuned for the end of every episode where I reflect on the conversation and offer you actionable coaching insights to have an impact on your life. Now let's get started with this week's guest. Hey friends, it's Ash and I have somebody here who is not only a friend, but really fascinating human being, Stephanie Kwong. What is up? Stephanie's a fellow podcaster, so you have to check her out, but she's also a true leader at hypnosis, reprogramming your mind, learning how to love yourself, and you have group programs, you do sessions with people on hypnosis, so we figured what would be a better topic than talking about how to be your own hypnotist, how to reprogram your mind. Yep. So I'm guessing some of you listening are probably thinking like, okay, wow, I really keep saying to the world that I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, whether it's lose that five pounds or start that business or change jobs, but you're not doing it. <laughs> and uh, that's where Stephanie comes in. So, you know, it's time that we all hypnotize ourselves and become our own hypnotist and learn how to shift our mindset mm-hmm. so that we can actually create the results we want. So before we start a recording, I asked her for some steps and we're going to get into some steps about how to become your own hypnotist and reprogram your brain. But before we do, welcome. Hi. Hey. <laughs> thanks um, for having me. Yeah. It's funny. You're like, thanks for having me, but we're, we're at your place recording <laughs> this with your equipment. <laughs> um, so tell me, I want to know what is your story that got you into hypnosis? Was there like some sort of, cause you know, some people turn their pain into their message. Like, was there some sort of pain that got you into hypnosis or is it just curiosity? Yeah. I mean, I, the quick long story is, um, <laughs> perfect. I love a quick, long story. The quick, long story, um, is I was actually working in the entertainment industry back mm-hmm. in the day. And, um, but I also volunteered constantly as a, like I got turned away volunteering when I was nine years old mm. at the SPCA. They literally looked over the counter. They're like, how old are you young lady? And I was like nine. And they're like, yeah, you're too young. Mm. Um, and so while I was working there, I realized that where I felt most deeply fulfilled, or I actually hit a, a high point of my career in entertainment. Mm. Um, but I was so not fulfilled and I realized I was channeling so much masculine energy. I didn't like who I was being. And so I came, um, to a point where I was like, I'm done with this, but I didn't know what was next. And I said, whatever's next has to be in contribution. I filtered bridge jobs through that filter Mm -hmm. and I ended up running operations at a live in weight loss facility. Um, I knew I could be in support to these people who were struggling with, you know, their inner blocks of loving their body or loving themselves and being able to shed the pounds. And I always knew, cause I've studied psychology at UC Berkeley. I've always been a student of the work. I watched my mom making vision boards as a kid, listening to Tony Robbins on tape, seeing her going on vision quests, etc. And so it's like in my, it's in my system, mm-hmm. this inner work. And I knew that I could be of service to these people and little did I know there was a greater plan because I was there for three months. I met a young girl from Italy. She had an eating disorder, asked if I knew someone who can stay with her in the evenings because she'd just binged and purged the night before. And she was looking on Craigslist for someone to stay with her. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. You're not going to find someone on Craigslist to stay in your apartment by yourself with you. you don't binge. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked at, um, she was only there for a few more weeks. I said, you know what? You're here for a few more weeks. I'll stay with you. But I'm in this leadership program, so I got to go to the class, and then I'll come by and stay with you at night, which I did, and I was sharing with her everything I was learning. And I live in this sick apartment on Abbott Kinney for seven years, and my landlord goes, you got to move out. And I was like, what? Told her, and she said, um, then come to Italy to coach me. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so you coached her in Italy. Mm-hmm. For four and a half months, she healed, came back, started my practice. That was about eight years ago. And so as I'd been doing this work as a coach, 
I was getting results with my clients. However, I'm always like in the exploration of more tools. For, well, first, as a student, to try anything and everything that's out there to continue in my own growth and healing. And then two, finding more tools that I can provide for my clients because I know it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. There's not one pathway to get to where you need to go. And, um, but what I noticed in all of that was, you know, people would take workshops like Landmark Education or MITT or whatever is out there, or even just like one day workshops or that you'd read a book or you'd work with a coach or a therapist for years. And you're like, why is the change not happening? Yeah. And so I really dove into that. I'm like, how do you create positive, permanent change? And rapidly, I'm Asian. We like things fast and effective. So it's like, <laughs> how do we knock this out quickly? Yeah, and like, you're just... super extra in your <laughs> cultural levels. I sure am. Oh my God. I am my father's daughter. Yeah. Um, and so through, I studied NLP and there's a branch of hypnosis with that. But as I delved into it, I was like, how do we actually create belief systems? We know that it's our subconscious mind that generates our beliefs. Our beliefs dictate the actions that we will or will not take, which then gives us the results that we have or don't have. Mm-hmm. And our beliefs um, generate our habits, our thoughts, etc. So how do we create beliefs? Two ways, hypnosis and repetition. Mm. And that's when I was like, oh, this is it. And so I got trained. It's kind of like a hack. You're like, instead of coaching somebody for a really long time, I'm just going to hypnotize them. Literally one and done. Like I can, I have a deep two hour process that I do that can literally rewrite and upgrade a limiting belief that's been holding people back for years. And even, I mean, I worked with a woman, she, uh, had, uh, she had been through sexual trauma and worked with a therapist seven years, five days a week. Hmm. It was oh for other, God. it was for other stuff that she'd gone That's to power for. therapy. Yeah. Which we all probably need every point in our life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She came to me to work on something else. And then we were working consistently together and the, the stuff came up around her challenges with being physically intimate with her husband. Hmm. She didn't feel safe while, you know, being in the act of, and one session she yeah. felt safe. Three more we did reinforcement. She now has healthy, regular sex with her husband that literally her therapist couldn't do. Because what happens is we have experiences in life that we create associations with, right? Our beliefs, our stories, whatever you want to call them, our associations. If we associate a positive um, thing to it, i.e. pleasure, Mm -hmm. we will have a tendency to do it. If we associate pain to it, we will avoid it. Mm -hmm. So many times we'll create associations to things that are good for us mm-hmm. that are associations of pain. Mm. For example, the gym, mm-hmm. right? How often do you hear, hear people going like, oh my God, I don't want to get to the gym. Oh, I hate working out. Oh, it's so hard because there's so much pain associated to the gym, even though it's something that's good for us. Yeah. And then you hear people who are like, I love working out. It's so good. I love stretching my body. Yeah. I feel amazing afterwards. They have a lot of pleasure to it. So they'll do more of it. And so all you have to do is reassociate pleasure to the things that you desire and pain, which is you don't want. Yeah. And then you rewrite your entire behavioral. And I guess that there's like a short term, long term, right? Because a lot of the times there's pleasure and a short term gratification, but it's creating pain in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And there's also a distinction too, where pleasure and pain, what we know and what we're familiar with equals pleasure. Mm. So let's say and then what we don't know, what's unfamiliar, equals pain. Mm. So whatever was programmed into as a child, right? What we learned, because we're pretty much formed by the time we're 12, 13 years old, our yeah. belief systems about ourselves and the world, is our comfort zone equals pleasure. So let's say a child watched their parents or a parent be depressed. Mm. What's familiar is depression. They might take on the energy, the behavior of depression, mm. it's what's familiar equals pleasure for them, even though it's extremely uncomfortable. Mm. Like consciously we know it's uncomfortable to be depressed, but it's what's familiar so that they derive pleasure from it. Yeah. And so that's why for those people who just as this example, all of a sudden you try to introduce joy into their life. It's uncertainty. Joy is uncertain and mm. joy equals pain. 
Especially because, like, a lot of people, there's so many social discourses, like, the harder, the, the higher you climb, the further you fall. It's like any time that in society people have a lot of happiness, there's an association of loss. Like, well, now I have a lot to lose. Yep. Yeah. Like a great relationship, a great business. It's like yep. you have a lot going for you. You better not lose that. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. So we have to be really mindful of how we've essentially been hypnotized. Right? By our families. By our families, by society, by culture, by everything, by peers. And here's what's even crazier is you can get – this is this is why I always say you can't – can I cuss? You can't not fuck up your kids. Sorry. Yeah, that's like, yeah you can't not. Yeah. You can't not fuck up your kids because – your child could be sitting in the living room, the TV happens to be on, and maybe there's a scene in the movie where they're like, we're never going to get ahead. It's so hard to make money, and we're never going to get ahead. We're always going to be broke. The parent didn't say that. The TV did, and the kid was like, <gasps> yeah. And then they hear, and then they believe it, and then they wonder why they're struggling with money in their adult lives. So why do you, how do, <laughs> how do things get stuck with us, and how do they not, right? Like, we hear so much. We live in a noisy world. How is it that certain things come into our minds and we buy into them like a cloud passing by the sky of our mind where we hopped on and we decided we believe that thing, whereas so many other thoughts come through and we don't buy into it? Like, what happens? Um, Is there any, like, science or, like, brain stuff? Like, what's going on? So I would say this. What happens is when you're a child from time of birth till about eight-ish years old, seven, eight-ish years old, you're in a pure hypnotic state, meaning you are fully suggestible like to whatever. Like a sponge. Yep. Whatever people are telling you, you are a yes to. So if I'm holding a can of soda or LaCroix right now, yeah. if someone told you that this was made of wood, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's wood. Because you don't know any different. If someone told you you were smart or stupid, ugly, beautiful, capable, not you capable, believe you believe it because you don't have anything to judge against it. So once that's embedded, right, that suggestion is embedded into your subconscious, you believe that is true. Mm. And many of the thoughts then that come along as adults are thoughts that support the beliefs that we believe about ourselves. Mm. Because we as humans want to be right about what we believe. Mm. So we will think the thoughts that validate those beliefs we will also shape our reality to validate those beliefs so we will literally sometimes delete information distort it mm-hmm. right to have it fit the into story what in our we head believe. yes yeah which is why none of it's ever real anyway um but that's what happens is when you are younger you are in a pure hypnotic state you're given suggestions you can't control it mm. um and I really believe that anyway, those suggestions are part of your dharma and your karma. Yeah, <laughs> All totally. your like destiny to break through and overcome those. But for like parents, for example, being more conscious of it and going, okay, if I know that maybe there's things that I can't control that might get embedded, because you can't control the kids at school if they tease your kids or if a teacher says something, or if your child misinterprets, because their conscious mind is just forming. Mm-hmm. So we're going to misinterpret information and not see reality as it is. Like classic example, you're at school waiting for your parents to pick you up. They happen to forget. You distort that. and to you mean make that you're a, not important. You're not important. You're abandoned. That totally happened Clearly. to me. I'm like remembering when I was <laughs> forgot at school. <laughs> right? Like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And so your conscious mind isn't even formed to. I'm, I can't even make this up, Stephanie. You're not going to believe this. Oh. Like I had a housekeeper we grew up with. She le- lived with us. We gave her a car and she was supposed to pick me up from school and she didn't one day and she left she moved oh, to europe like she moved to portugal abandonment i'm not like even exaggerating 10 years later i found her on facebook this is like six seven years ago and i'm like oh my god you guys i found anna like our you know i found her on facebook because we were all in shock she disappeared and i added her as a friend and, she, and my little brother added her as a friend and she, you know he wrote her like anna how are you what's new da 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 I wrote, why did you leave me? <laughs> why did you leave me at school? This is a dream. How did she respond? She didn't write me back, but she wrote back to my little brother oh my who was God. like, how are you? Like super lovely and pleasant. Whereas I'm like wounded and broken. Like, why'd you leave me at school, Anna? 
Oh my God. Oh my gosh. You How know, are you doing with that now? I mean, it's fine now. You know, I, I've like done so much work on myself the past like seven, eight years, but yeah. this was probably my early twenties. Now I'm 31, but yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah. to that. Yeah. So that wounding is like so deep and so real and we believe that stuff and we, that's why it's so important now as adults to challenge those beliefs. So often I say to people, especially when I'm coaching them and they'll say a statement that feels very definitive for them, mm-hmm. right? feels so truthful for them mm-hmm. and it's really disempowering yeah one way to disrupt that is always ask like when did you decide that yeah because then you're like oh when did I decide that yeah it puts the power back in the person of like you actually had a choice in the matter and if you decided that you can actually decide something else moving forward. Well, so let me ask you about that because you're saying like we're such, we're we're these malleable sponge minds that are very suggestible and can take information up until age eight to even 13, you know, seven, eight to 13. But like I've had some traumatic business experiences, like for example, making all of the millions and then losing them that have genuinely formed a belief system I have now that I'm working through where I'm starting to create success at cake publishing again now. And I feel the old pain of like, oh, wow, I remember when I was successful, loss came, right? Mm -hmm. So what is there to say about like, okay, yeah, there's this period where we're super malleable sponges. So that's trauma. Later on, it would just be a trauma. Later on would be trauma. So when you first learned, it was through... Like programming. Yeah, programming. Now, trauma is very real. Like, look, if you have an experience, a heightened emotional state, and then a thought at the same time, Mm -hmm. it wires together. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So you had this pain feeling. Mm -hmm. Remember when we talked about pleasure and pain? Super painful. Then you had a belief about yourself, Mm -hmm. about whoever maybe was involved or whatever the situation was. Then that gets wired together. So it's like that experience of, because I remember, and do you know what also? Mm -hmm. When I made the most money, I was the most stressed out. Mm -hmm. So I associate success with trauma Mm -hmm. for myself. Completely. And it's funny because as a facilitator, I've been trained on this stuff. I can facilitate people and question their beliefs. But when it comes to doing my own work on myself, it's so challenging to continue to look at my traumas. But I think that's fascinating. So, Mm -hmm. So your argument as a hypnotist would be like up until a certain age, it was programming. And after that, anything that's really shifted your way of being in the world or is trauma. Yep. So, or repetition. Cause you can, I, right now I can, that's why people talk about affirmations. Yeah. There's ways of working with them. So it's not just like, say it, say it, say it. Cause you could put your, you need to put yourself in a trance to get the affirmations to be embedded. But that's why they'll say like, keep repeating your affirmation because now that's also how you rewire. Yeah. But the trauma, what's beautiful again is you can rewire. I have a lot of people who come to me who have trauma Mm -hmm. that is now blocking them from the very thing that they want. Mm. Right. One of my new clients who just came to me, he's like top of his game, but wants to call in love. But he knows that there are things holding him back because results show he's Mm. still single. Mm. So there's something within him. And this has been years going on, right? He's like, clearly what my reality is demonstrating to me is something that I believe about myself that is not working. I need to rework this so my reality reflects what it is I believe. So we did some deep work and found out really like he believes he's unlovable. Oh my gosh, yeah. So many people believe that. Yeah. And um, and of course, if you don't think you're lovable, why are you going to put yourself out there to be loved? Hello. Yeah. Or allow common sense. Yeah. So we had to do a lot of rewiring on that Mm -hmm. and uncovering where did that even come from so we could rewrite it and upgrade it um but that's what's been holding him back and now also because he believed he was unlovable when people tried to love him perceived threat Mm -hmm. pain Mm -hmm. run Mm -hmm. and so his behavior was cut and run Mm -hmm. or isolate Mm -hmm. or he would also then tell women he's like you know what all I really want is like, I'm not really looking for a relationship because that's all his ways of protecting Yes, and controlling it's it. It's almost like with love, love each out. of us have a gas tank. And it's like, if somebody can only fit 10 gallons, turn in like, and somebody keeps pushing gas at it, but you hit the 10 gallon mark, it's like they don't have space if they don't love themselves or think they're lovable to fit that extra 10 gallons that you're trying to spray of love at them. Yeah don't have the capacity. Like there's no space. There's no capacity in their yeah. love tank. Yeah. And again, anything that is not in alignment with what you believe is perceived as a threat. Hmm. 
So if you don't believe that your level, I used to work a lot with at-risk youth foster kids and I used to do a camp and I would see their behaviors. They obviously, many of them, all of them that I worked with did not believe that they were lovable. So the moment we as staff were like, gave them loving love. on the, you like the way they behaved in the beginning, they were like very cold to us and then they would warm up midweek. But then when they knew that the camp was going to end, they would all of a sudden start to push us away again. Mm-hmm. To reject our love because that's how they could feel okay with losing you, losing us again. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so hard for them to receive the love because the love was not comfortable. It didn't align with what they believed. And so it became a threat. And you know it's a threat when all of a sudden stuff goes off in your body, mm-hmm. right? Your hands get clammy. You can't breathe. You feel uncomfortable. You feel the dissonance in your body. Like <gasps> That's when you know that what's in front of you is not aligned with what you believe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether it's positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's like, it's so overwhelming and daunting. I feel like for anybody listening and even for me included, it's like, whoa, how do we, where do you go from here? Because there are so many beliefs we all have that we wish could be upgraded. Cause if they were, everybody would be super successful. So, you know, whatever that means to them, whether it's loving what they do, being super wealthy, have an amazing partner, have like just how to be totally yeah, like have yeah. yeah physical health, the body they want, the results they want. So kind of going to these five steps, like you had first started off with saying like, look at where you're struggling. Mm-hmm. So anybody listening, if you're wanting to rewire your brain or be your own hypnotist, this is the first step. And I mean, I kind of want to joke and be like, I hope you're not driving while you're listening to this because yeah, we don't want to hypnotize you. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, what would be the first step when it comes to looking at where you're struggling? What do you have to say about that? Hey, U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode is brought to you by the Job Offer Academy, the e-course to help you land a new job you love. So if you're sick of applying for jobs and never hearing back, head on over to jobofferacademy.com. Now back to this week's episode. So I want to actually throw this out there first and foremost. Every time you keep letting a thought run in your mind over and over and over again, you're actually consistently giving yourself suggestions. Wow. And many of the times we're giving ourselves bad suggestions. Mm -hmm. And then we believe these suggestions like they're true. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to start giving yourself more effective suggestions, suggestions that are going to support you and align to what it is that you want. And it just takes the willingness and the consistency to do that because we're hypnotizing ourselves all the time and we're letting other people suggest us. If you're somebody who constantly solicits for what other people, their advice, it's because you're letting them suggest to you what is good for your life. And sometimes it's just good to not do that and tap into your own inner truth instead. So how do you hypnotize yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Again, you're well, so looking at where you're struggling. So, I mean, everybody's struggling everywhere. Maybe I could, I've, I mean, I'm no stranger on U-Turn podcast to have made, making myself an, a very emotional and vulnerable example. <laughs> so, I mean, we, I don't know how you could best show this, but okay. So let's say that, you know, um, I'm struggling with, you know, my business cake publishing. Okay. I'm even though, I mean, it's doing well on paper, but I'm struggling because I feel like I'm pushing myself. Okay. Um, okay. So let's say anybody who's listening, think about it. Where are you struggling? So what would be the first step with that? Well, what is it that you want? So let me ask you that. You see that that's where you're struggling. Let's get clear on what it is that you actually either want to feel or what is it that you desire to, to change? Yeah. I would love for, um, you know, I've got my ghostwriters, my copywriters, I would love for the result to be like a lot of ease. Like I want easy lead flow. Like we get leads right now, but some of them are serious. Some of them are not. And I know that there's some business things I can do to filter them, but I guess I have a belief like, oh, this is going to be really tiring. Mm -hmm. Even if I love the company and Mm -hmm. I love my team. What was the other belief that you said too, is that success equals anxiety or stress? Yeah. Money, money equals is tiring and stressful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you desire is for it to be ease filled, right? That's easy, abundant, easy, abundant, fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And currently it's not that. So the first thing is, yeah, seeing where you're struggling and then where, what change do you actually desire? Because well, I was thinking it, cake publishing has been fun and it has been abundant. Like it's, it's a profitable company. I enjoy my team, but it hasn't felt easy. Why hasn't it felt easy for you? 
I feel like I have a writing team and the clients come in, whether it's a coach or an influencer or a company and they want writing done, whether it's a blog or whatever, you know, they want more of me. Like they, I get on the phone with them. I tell them my ideas. They like my ideas and they want to talk to me all the time. And then I feel really tired. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I have to talk to them all the time to keep them as a client, even though we're really a transactional business. We're just here to do great writing. Mm -hmm. So Easefield looks like less personal intention from you. Yeah. Easefield looks like it's much more transactional instead of almost kind of therapy for your clients as well. Yeah. (laughs) A lot more transactional. Yeah. And so what's beautiful is defining, like when you're like, okay, now I know what it is I want. I want more ease in it. Getting really clear about what that looks like. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, and the only reason why I'm sharing this is these are now the suggestions Mm. that you're going to drop in your subconscious Mm -hmm. to rewrite it. Mm. So everybody who's listening, it's like, where are you struggling and what are you believing about that? Mm -hmm. So let me just break it down one more time. Um, Also, in, in what you also said. And that was your second thing, by the way, was number one was where are you struggling? And number two The second step was, what are you believing about that thing? So that's kind of where we're at right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you first off see where you're struggling, write it all down, write all your thoughts down of why it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. It feels really hard because of this. I don't think I can this. I don't believe that I'm capable. I write it all down because where you're going to go to later on when you create new suggestions for yourself is you're literally need to rewrite. Mm Mm-hmm all the things that you're currently telling yourself that are blocking you from what mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. So that's step one. Mm-hmm. Write it all out of like where you see your blocks are. And you can just free flow it too. And mm. you can, or do stem sentences, right? Like let's say you have a block around money because it's a common thing that people struggle with. Like I don't know why I can't get ahead or I can only make so much and then I can't make more or I'm in debt. Talk about like money is, and just keep writing out money is, just write everything yeah, right. that comes money straight is to hard. Mind. Money is like, you know, only for rich people. Money is something I've never been able to make. Money is now it's revealing to you what you believe, mm-hmm. which is why. And the less per- you monitor yourself, the more subconscious yeah. the results will be, which is good. Let it run. And actually, the more you keep going, the ones towards the end are actually the deep embedded in your subconscious. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How long do you need to write until you feel like you're accessing something really deep? there's not really like a timeline of it. You just write till you're exhausted out, like where you literally can't think of anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes there's even deeper to go. And that's why some, like this is a step if someone wants to do it on their own. If you do, as we call it, hetero hypnosis, where someone's actually facilitating, like I can take my clients deeper and start to probe and pull out even more. And Mm -hmm. that's why, like you said before on the podcast, I had you on on mine Mm -hmm. is to work with a coach is Mm -hmm. so important because there's blind spots that you can't do on your own. If you are not as self-aware trying to do this exercise, you'll get bits of it, Mm -hmm. but you might not get to the core, core Mm -hmm. stuff, but this is a perfect start Mm -hmm. to begin rewriting. So let's say somebody's listening and they're thinking, okay, I'm struggling in my relationship they can write my relationship is, or the yeah. problem problem is the problem is, and yeah. they start just writing whatever's what I, coming out of yeah. their subconscious. It doesn't have to, don't even think about it. Just free write. Um, okay. And then that's kind of what they're believing about it. Right. Yep. That's step two. Mm-hmm. Like you take a look at what you wrote. Hey, that's what part of you believes. And maybe there's another part of you that doesn't believe that, but there's a real part of you that does. Yeah. And that's okay. actually the part that's blocking you. Okay. Then you have to think about what do I need to believe in order That's step three, in order to get what it is that I want. Mm -hmm. So when I asked you, well, what do you need? You said, well, ease, Mm -hmm. right? That's actually what you want. Mm -hmm. And then actually defining it for yourself because some people will say, well, I want money or I want success. What does that even mean to your brain? Like how do we compute that so we can- Get really clear. Yeah. The brain loves clarity. That's what John Astraff Mm -hmm. was saying in my meeting with him yesterday was how much the brain responds to it. And if you want to just get bonus points, writing that clarity down just does so much. Yeah. So that's why we were pulling from you. Like ease looks like it's transactional. Ease looks like, um, you know, there, I don't have to put as much of my personal energy into it. Ease looks like it just happens abundantly. Ease looks like the clients just flow in and all my funnels work or whatever it is for you. So that's ease. Cool. Now we know what it is that you want, Mm -hmm. what it looks like specifically. And then you also need to write down, what do I need to believe in order for this to happen? 
Mm-hmm. So I'm somebody who easily creates ease. Ease is attracted into my life. The, the way that I function at my greatest and the way that my brain loves to work is com- from coming from a place of ease. Mm. So now if you, because I always say to my clients, I'm like, look, what do you need to believe? Like if you had some statements that literally would create the reality that you want to see, what do you need to believe? What are those statements that you need to literally be telling yourself constantly? Business is fun. Business is easy. People are competent to get their tasks done with no problem. Clients aren't needy. What are they though? So that's another correction. Okay, there we go. Clients, because if I say what they're not, I'm on the vibration of something else. Yeah. And your subconscious doesn't understand, um, negatives. So this is huge. Can we explain this? Cause I get what you're saying, but I think a lot of people don't get like a lot of people I'll say, what do you want? And they're like, well, I just don't want this. It's like, well, then you're on the vibration of that. Yeah. So get on the vibration of what you want. So I I get what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. How can you explain this to everybody listening? Um, when you're thinking about what you want, mm -hmm. well, one, there's like, you're saying a vibration within you, but two is the subconscious doesn't know negatives. So when you say, I don't like a lot of times, again, the money thing comes up for people and they'll say, I'll say, well, what do you want? They're like, well, I don't want to be in debt anymore. It's like, oop, now you're on the vibration of debt. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Your subconscious actually just picks up debt. Yes. It doesn't hear don't, not, doesn't want. It it doesn't compute that. So being really mindful because you have to say what it is you want Versus what you don't want. Mm-hmm. And that can be tricky for people. And they don't even realize that they <laughs> keep staying on the don't train. Yeah. And to get on the what do you want train. Yeah. Because for many people, they've never actually asked themselves that question. Yeah. So yeah, making sure you're super clear of what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're, you know, okay, what do I need to believe that is in opposition to what I have been historically believing that have been what's holding me back. Mm -hmm. So take a look at that first list of what you're currently believing about the thing Mm -hmm. that's holding you back and write the opposite Mm -hmm. in the language of affirmative, affirmative, positive, and as if it's already occurring, because it's another thing about the subconscious mind is it doesn't know past or future. It only knows now, Mm -hmm. which is why visualization is so powerful Mm -hmm. because, um, when that's why athletes do it when what you're visualizing in your mind your subconscious doesn't doesn't know that what it's seeing in your imagination whether it's happening in real time or just in your imagination so it all and it only knows now Mm -hmm. it's occurring now Mm -hmm. and so if you want to see the thing this is also quantum physics the thing to occur in your reality now you need to see it as if it's happening now Mm. and what occurs in your current reality now Mm -hmm. is a collection of past thoughts Do you know what this is making me think about is that I had a friend who really liked this guy. He wasn't texting her back. It was like nighttime. It had been all day. And she was like, oh my gosh, he's totally just ghosted me. She was crying. She created this whole reality. Like he's not responding because he's done with her. And it was a whole story and a whole vision and a whole situation, right? Uh Uh-huh. That night, he calls her from a different phone number. He's like, I'm so sorry. I dropped my phone in the ocean this morning. Da, da, da. But she, it was so real for her that it was over. She'd like grieved it, felt it, gone through it. And so I think that we're doing some version of that. We're making stories up about what's reality. Mm-hmm. We're creating visions of it. We're creating painful experiences of it. And we don't even know it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about yeah. this. And a lot of that is based off of her past wounding, uh. right? Because if she didn't have some thing from her past of that I'm I'm just making this up right now um people I love are gonna leave me or I in the end I always get abandoned um I need to protect my heart because it's gonna get hurt Mm -hmm. she believes some version of something like that Mm -hmm. for her to perceive his non-responsiveness to make up the story she made up because if she believes something else like oh wow people you know get busy or or something more empowering she would have completely perceived what occurred in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. So it's actually illuminating old wounds or disempowering stories that she's holding on to that's having her generate the story that she did mm-hmm. about what happened with him. Mm-hmm. And that's where we continue to dig in and do the inner work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we keep recreating the same patterns of that yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So moving into this, let's say everybody (laughs) listening, you're kind of thinking, well, shit, I'm struggling in a lot of places. I don't know about you, but I think a lot of us are right. Yes. You pick one, whether it's your relationship, you start to freeform right with your hand. You don't stop yourself, um, to figure out what you're believing about that Mm -hmm. thing. 
and then you rewrite the opposite. You write what it would look like in the affirmative, in the positive, to to believe something better that creates a better result. Mm-hmm. What you better want? Suggestion. Yep. Better suggestions. And then also getting clear of what you desire for to look like. Right. So the first step is like you're rewriting what you currently believe. Mm-hmm. That's ineffective. Um, and here's another thing too, if you're struggling with the writing process because I always love giving options is um, sit with a friend and just have them ask you the question like tell me about money or tell me about relationships Hmm. what do you believe about that and just have them ask you questions because in your conversation of the answers you're telling them you're actually revealing what you believe suggestions to yourself too yeah and you're revealing what you believe about it Mm -hmm. because sometimes when people sit there with pen and paper it actually is a it's a blocker for them yeah and they feel stuck Engage in a conversation, turn on your voice recorder. Yeah, see what you believe. And then it'll start to reveal what you believe. And then those are the parts to rewrite, Mm -hmm. completely the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Then get clear about what is it that I want to see in my reality around this. And then get really clear about that. Once you have these two kind of separate-ish, but they're going to be combined lists, now you know what you need to embed into your subconscious to rewrite and upgrade. Mm into a 2.0, mm-hmm. right? About what version. it is that you need to believe. Yeah, so that your reality, again, will reflect what you believe. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I have friends who have really, I mean, I have a good relationship with money in a lot of ways. As an entrepreneur, I'm always creating and profiting and doing the things, but I also still have trauma with money having made so much and lost so much. And so I'm, this is something that I'm working on in real time right now. As I'm seeing success at Cake Publishing increase, I'm feeling that upper limit inside of me hit where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, dang, I'm starting to do really great. And a lot of clients are coming and having us write for them. And ooh, 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 like I remember last time things felt this good, like mm-hmm. shit fell apart. So I'm, I'm moving kind of slow in my business right now. That's been Girl, my response is to that, slow like, down quickly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Literally there's a process I can do that like helps people with trauma to reassociate the pain and neutralize it. So what comes up for you is a whole lot of pleasure around money instead of the fear of what's been embedded in you. Incredible. Like literally this shit doesn't have to be slow. And that's my thing is like, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's processes like traditional therapy and coaching and I mean, and, and I'm a coach. So I, it's still effective, the cognitive part, but then you got to go at the subconscious level and rewrite it immediately. And does it work if like I put a recorder on in my bedroom when I'm sleeping of like positive statements? Absolutely. Anything is better than nothing. Huh? Let's just say that. And so, um, I want to throw this out there. There's, I like geek out on this. So there's so many little, I'm excited. I'm like, Whoa, give it. Um, so I, there's a time that I call the magic 30. It's 30 minutes before you go to bed and 30 minutes when you wake up in the morning, Mm -hmm. your brain naturally is in a theta state. Okay, and that's actually the state of hypnosis. That's the state of deep, deep meditation that if you're able to get yourself into that state, but um, that's also the state when you're most suggestible. Hmm. So that's an ideal time to reprogram your mind. And a lot of people waste that precious time 30 minutes before on you get social to bed. media uh, or watching TV and falling asleep to the television. What a shitty thing to put in our head is like everybody's Instagram profile before Yuck. we close our eyes. I Exa- totally do that. Right. Exactly. Or people, if you're, you know, are trying to do sleep hygiene, like I do and keep my phone out of my room. Um, I'm can ruminate on things that don't serve me. So your thoughts even if you're not staring at social media, you might be thinking about, you know, whether, um, who didn't text you back for the day, how stressed you are, how much work you have to do, what you didn't get done, how you don't, you know, whatever negative things about yourself. And then you go to bed and your brain is literally marinating on this. Your subconscious is marinating on this for anywhere from four to 10 hours, however long you sleep. Oh my God. Right. And then you wake up and then what happens? your phone now yeah. you're on the social right or whatever that's why as they talk about all these successful people they have their morning routines where they don't even touch their work for the first like hour or two of their day why because they're i think they're not realizing that they're in theta but they know the power of the morning yeah their mind yeah mm. and embedding what's positive into it and creating healthy routines and habits. So what could, what could that look like? And I know that there's a lot of things you could do, but what do you think is doable and biteable for somebody who's like, I'm going to get started in honoring my mornings or my evenings a little better. What's something small, but high value. So creating what feels aligned for you. Right. Um, I mean, first thing I do is I wake up and I drink lemon water uh-huh. <laughs> so like, cause you got, you're actually very dehydrated when you sleep. So it's like getting that, um, here and here's just a quick tip, right? 
what I'm explaining in this, the, the steps to hypnotize yourself, one of the suggestions is to create a recording. Mm. And you ask that. So can I just listen to the recording and leave it on? If you put this in as during your magic 30, and then whatever else it is that you want, whether it's movement, breath work, meditation, your lemon water, or whatever it is in your morning routine or your nightly routine, because it's good to also have a nightly routine because you're basically commanding your body and your brain, like we're going to settle in now and we're going to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, add this in because your brain is more open and willing to take in the suggestions at this time than it is when your mind is in alpha or beta. Mm-hmm. Because that's why affirmations many times don't work is your judge your mind when you're in, you know, the alpha state. You might say like, I am beautiful, I am powerful, I am abundant. And it's like, no, you're not. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Look at your bank account. No, you're not. You're stupid. You're, and so that's why it's so hard to battle. But when you're in theta, that part of your brain is actually more subdued. Hmm. which is why it's more open to taking suggestions of these affirmations or these new beliefs that statements that you want to actually take in and embed in your subconscious so that it starts to run your life for you. Cause your subconscious is what pumps the blood through your body. It's what has you breathe. So it's going to automatically, when you have the right suggestion in there, work for you as well. Hmm. So, I mean, let's say we do the exercise, we pay attention while we're struggling, we write down what we subconsciously believe about that thing, whether it's money, relationships, and then we write the new beliefs yep. and the positive. Yep. Could we just record on a voice memo yep. of our iPhone, us saying the positive things? Yep. Should yep. we also record like a vision of what that looks like? Yes, absolutely. Look at me, extracurricular know, over hey, here. Hey, hey. <laughs> Yeah, you can take over from now, girl. I'm I know, done. like we don't need you, Stephanie. I'm Bye. good. <laughs> um, no, so that's what's what's powerful. Some people can uh, they just try to repeat the affirmation in their mind. I don't always suggest that because I think it pulls you up out of trance a little bit more. So I will say to people like, if you can re- create a recording, that's really really brilliant to do. How and long? Um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't really matter but I would say like try 10 minutes okay um and then even if you're just saying the same statements over I and am over worthy and over. I am worthy yeah. I am abundant yeah. yeah and saying again super clear in what it is that you want and that you're saying it in language that your brain wants to accept mm. too so for some people if they're going like I you know am lovable you can say that and then maybe say a version if you're super resistant and you notice that I am open to the idea of receiving love or I'm willing to see myself as lovable. So now your brain's like, okay, that feels more doable. Yeah. So don't go too far, but feel into that. And then yeah, create the recording. Another thing I do with my clients, which is powerful is, um, having them create the perfect day. Okay. But is in, in extreme detail, Mm -hmm. um, and go into how does it look? How are you feeling? What are thoughts going on throughout your day? And maybe you embed stuff in, you're like, Oh, I woke up. And then after you have your morning routine, you're on your laptop and you're like, ding, in comes an email from my financial planner. And he says, Hey, you just made an extra, you know, $50,000, which account would you like me to put into? So now you're starting to see things in your reality that you mm-hmm. want to experience or you know I walk into my office and my assistant maybe you don't have an assistant here but like mm-hmm. my assistant left something on my desk so what's now priming your mind or telling it that these are all things you want to experience in your mm-hmm. reality and so as you paint the picture in full detail you rec- can record that as well embedding in the beliefs that you want to believe mm-hmm. around love money whatever record that on your phone and then put yourself into trance, listen to it, and then put yourself to, On bed. Your way to bed. So how do you put yourself in trance, right? There's multiple ways. One of the fastest ways that I like to do it is um, if you actually, are we, yeah, yeah. if you, um, what I like to do, look up as if you're looking into your own eyebrows, right? With your eyes open. Mm-hmm. You feel a little bit of a strain, right? Yeah, it hurts, kind of gives me a headache. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, Keep your, keep it up, your eyeballs rolled up right now, and mm-hmm. just close your lids down. Do you feel fluttering? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's actually you starting going to trance. Mm. That's how Everybody you listening, it. they're like, ooh. <laughs> what should I tell Ashley now to embed in her oh. just <laughs> Everything's amazing. <laughs> I'm rich as hell. I'm on a beach somewhere. I've impacted all the lives. Yes. U-Turn Podcast is crushing it. It's crushing it. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, perfect. So, funny. so 
yeah, when you can look up, taking in, in a deep breath in, gently letting it go, <sighs> keeping your eyes rolled up, right, as if you're looking through your own eyebrows, take another deep breath in, hold it, and gently let it go. And every time you notice that your eyes are blinking, that is actually hypnosis coming upon you. So taking another deep breath in, hold it, and let it go. And on this final one, take another deep breath in, and with your eyeballs still rolled up, just gently let your eyelids close right down as you exhale. And just allow yourself to drift into a really calm and peaceful state. And just keep letting your body relax as you regulate it with your breathing. And so this is a way to bring yourself in, right? I'm like in it. I'm like falling asleep at the mic. Oh my God. I was like, wherever she goes, I'm totally down. Like so. When we're in self-hypnosis, we can only take ourselves in so far, mm -hmm. but that's a really powerful way because what's happening is you're triggering something as you're looking up into your own eyebrows to strain. Um, one of the ways that I bring people is I actually trigger their fight flight because when you're fighting enough, you're just going to want to flight. Mm -hmm. But this allows you to create a calming sensation in your body. A lot so, of meditators will like look up. Let me like, tell everybody who's listening just in case, cause I know I was looking at her and kind of following suit, but what she really does is you, you station your face like normal. Like you're just sitting there, you look your eyeballs up as if you're trying to look at your eyebrows and it kind of creates a headache. And that was kind of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And then you start using your breath gently and slowly, right? Hold breathe in maybe mm -hmm. for like a count of four hold it for four and gently release it and then you're going to just notice that your eyeballs are going to want to start to blink because what you're doing when you strain your eyes anyway you're going to start to put yourself in you don't have to be sitting up you can be leaning back mm. that's ideal like in a almost like if you're in a um recliner so you don't want to be laying all the way down on your back but like in a recliner where you're back and sometimes what i'll do is i'll look at a spot on the ceiling mm -hmm. with my eyeballs rolled up mm. That's a good idea. Yeah. So that helps as well. Um, and then... I feel like everybody who's going to record their voice memo, it's like, okay, just head on over to U-Turn Podcast and get this timestamp of the conversation <laughs> where you're like, look your eyeballs up. And they start with that and then they put their recording on it. Yeah. No, you absolutely can. Or just repeat what I said. Yeah. Um, and then if you need to add this into your recording, yeah, you can go on the interwebs and look up progressive relaxation progressive relaxation is what you were doing to me no so this would be the next step first okay. i'm just trying to strain you and like get you in to relax yeah and then on your recording you can do a progressive re relaxation and that's when you might hear like okay now place the attention on your feet you're noticing that your feet are getting very heavy and this calming sensation is now moving up and inwards through your calves and your knees you know, and you're feeling calm with every breath that you take, you're releasing. So it's basically, if you just Google progressive relaxation, you'll start to notice scripts that are out there that have you bring your attention and focus to your body. And it's commanding you to start to relax parts of your body because ultimately hypnosis, you're in a deep state of relaxation as well. There's different types of hypnosis. I think I'm in it a little bit right now. Like I'm kind of looking at One, you two, like, three, four, Whoo! five, eyes open, wide awake. Yeah. yeah we'll bring you out of trance. Um, so you can add that into your recording mm -hmm. and then embed all the suggestions. Mm -hmm. And even if you're saying the same thing over and over again, like I am lovable, I'm so worthy, I'm worthy and deserving of everything I desire, I am so lovable, I open up to love, love is my birthright, I receive all the love, and, and you just say even 10 statements over and over again, but you keep listening to it and it's on repeat for those mm -hmm. 10 minutes, Good. it'll start to go in. And at different points in time, again, we're more suggestible than others, mm -hmm. but look, you're getting yourself into state, into trance, and then you're doing the repetition. Mm -hmm. So hypnosis and repetition, we're hitting it. Is there a time period else. where like the way the brain works, where it's like after 60 days or whatever, you can listen to this and it's going to work. Like what, what do you think? So it depends. Um, I have some clients that literally they go in super quick, um, but that doesn't actually mean that they take the suggestions quickly. It depends mm -hmm. on how deep 
the wounding is or the deep the belief is. It also depends on the person and how their brain functions. Mm -hmm. So I have some clients that I'll do one session and literally they're like, holy crap, next day, boom. It just immediately took. How incredible. Yeah, it took in. For some, it's a bit more retroactive. So it might like three weeks later, something occurs and they're like, whoa, boom, it went in, right? Yeah. And they might need to listen to the recording more because when I do this one super deep dive process to rewrite any limiting belief, I create a custom recording mm. that my clients listen to for 21 days. Mm. So we're going in it with hypnosis as well as the repetition How point. Cool. So some will listen and they're like, next day, one and done. Others, it can be a bit of a process. But it's funny, like I had a client she brought her dad to me, 70 years old, never done any personal growth work. She's like, he's going to be a tough one. I'm like, okay, great. Put him in. When we are done, he's like, young lady, you're very skilled. And I was like, well, thank you very much. He came because he had a lot of anger outbursts. Yeah. And it was really impacting. And he would get super stressed, and that's what he would do was lash. Hmm. And it was impacting his relationship with yeah, his no wife kidding. and with his kid, who was my client. She told me, because I see her a bit more consistently, she's like, he hasn't even listened to the recording. That one session, 90% of his anger outbursts have decreased. Wow. So again, it's just reassociating new behavioral patterns for him to relate to perceived stress. So if we kind of look at the steps that you just taught us here, it's like, look at where you're struggling. So this guy was struggling with anger. And the second step is, what are you believing about it? So like, what does he believe that is making him angry? Like what, how, what would be the step for that? Yeah. Well, how, like, how does he have to deal with stress? So, you know, in order to get what you need, you have to be firm in order to control the situation. You have to control it with So anger. all the beliefs that get him into the state of anger. Yep. And then from there, rewriting it on the opposite side. What of the does fence. he actually want? So anytime. Ease kindness calm presence got it logic and then he rewrites it emotion. and he might make a recording of it or he'll get himself you know you can do it in the morning or in the evening and he listens to his recording mm -hmm. and eventually it will rewire if not you've already knocked it out by yeah. a session and we did like deep 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 complex processes with his brain with other techniques so that's why it worked so quickly with him but with this at the very least if you're doing this at home look we it's been shown in neuroscience our brains are malleable you can change them at any time how do you reprogram and rewire mm -hmm. through this type of process i find so. nature versus nurture so fascinating like how much of of our brain is just what we've got and how much of it can we nurture into what we want yeah and it's it's just incredible i'm so fascinated uh, where can everybody find you <laughs> you can find me on my website stephaniekwong.com Okay, perfect. Yeah. And on Instagram, holla. At I am Stephanie Kwong. Hey. Holla. You guys be careful if you listen to her audios because I just found myself kind of going into a trance-like <laughs> state as she was making me look at the ceiling. Mm. So thank you so much. And if there's any piece of wisdom you could impart to everybody as we're closing up, uh, what would you share? Your current reality, just staying in line with what we've been talking about, your current reality isn't it yeah and it could be better if you yeah. want it to be you can create it however you want yeah. you ultimately have the power and it's doing processes like this and other things obviously that um can have you experience the reality you truly do desire amazing mm -hmm. thank you thank you all right thanks everybody Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode.